The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed during this or any broadcast belong solely to our guests or our hosts. These broadcasts do not represent or reflect the views of their employers, sponsors, or affiliated organizations. Welcome to the Flipboard EDU podcast with your host, William Jeffrey, where we collaborate, communicate, and educate with the greatest educators in the world on Flipboard. Let's start the show. Welcome back, Flipboard fam. This is your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey. It wasn't until later in my career that I realized that applying creativity to problem solving is critical in engaging students. Claudio Zavala Jr. and Fred Benitez don't just understand that component of the learning cycle. They also use it to train teachers and students. Both of them inspire my growth as an educator. Claudio Zavala Jr. and Fred Benitez are renowned educational technologists in Burleson ISD and Eanes ISD, respectively, that develop training for teachers, staff, and students. Both are Adobe education leaders and have presented at educational conferences like ISTE, TCEA, and Adobe for Education. In this episode, we discuss the importance of being creative in teaching and problem solving. We discuss why it's important to take bite-sized or chicken nugget opportunities to incorporate creativity into the learning cycle with or without electronic devices. We also discuss how tools like Adobe Spark for education lower the barrier for designing beautiful graphics, web pages, and video stories in minutes. Adobe Spark is an excellent tool for remote or face-to-face learners to show mastery of learning objectives. What I like even more is that these learning tools can be used by all students from kindergarten through 12th grade. So like we always do at this time, let's collaborate, communicate, and educate with the best educators on the world right here on Flipboard EDU Podcast. Welcome back, Flipboard fam. This is your favorite coach, Jeffrey. I have two amazing guests here. First, I have Claudio Zavala Jr. Claudio, introduce yourself. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Claudio Zavala Jr. here. Excited to be here. Glad to join for this chat. I'm up here in North Texas area. I work in Burleson School District. I'm actually a digital designer helping with online learning and also do a side hustling with, with everything from creating videos, graphics, and everything that's about Adobe and storytelling. So excited to be here talking about creativity and storytelling and and whatever else we chat about. Excellent. And my next guest that I have is someone who I stalk on the daily, my man, Fred Benitez. Fred, introduce yourself. Hey, thanks for for having me, man. This is cool. And hey, Claudio. I know Claudio, what's going on. My name is Fred Benitez. I'm an educational technologist for Eanes ISD. Will and I crossed paths in Fort Bend ISD, and I had the pleasure of working with Will and seeing all of his greatness, and I'm very excited to be here. And my, my focus has always been on getting the kids in the classroom to be creative and for teachers and students to create things and not just be uh, consumers. I've been doing that for a long time, and I'm excited to talk about it. Excellent. I want to just thank you both again for coming on the show. My first question is for Claudio We are trying to foster creativity in the classroom with teachers and students. What has been your experience during COVID? I think challenges are always great 
having new things to come about. I think the COVID has given us the opportunity for that, obviously, for creating. We have a problem and then we need a solution for the problem. I think first and foremost, the, the, whole, the creativity in, in general is, is just thinking of, of that, how to solve a, a problem. So fostering that in, in during these times, it is a challenge with devices that maybe don't work or networks, you know, depending on where you're at. But I think you really don't always need a, a device to be creative. It's great to have a tool to be able to take a picture and, and do some editing, but I think just the whole point of having that mindset that you can be creative and not necessarily have to be in an art class, not necessarily have to be in a video production class. In every class, you're just thinking of ways that how, like I mentioned earlier, is how can I solve a problem? And creatively, I am old school. You may not, you're listening to this. I have stacks of sticky notes on my desk that I, I use all the time. I have a little notebook. I love technology. I use it all the time, but man, it's just something about grabbing a pencil, pen, and writing it down, notes all over. And I use those to, a lot of times, to figure out how am I going to approach a project that I have coming up. And I think that's a, a great way during these times. You can let students know, let teachers know, hey, we've got a, a, a problem we got to address, we got to look at, and hey, let's just put everything on the table. And basically, you're doing that, putting everything on the paper, whether it's like you're drawing, you're sketchnoting, you're, you're just brainstorming. I think that whole process of doing that and, and really no answer to say, oh, that's a wrong answer for me. Let's, let's just throw everything out. Let's put everything on the paper and go with that. I think that's kind of like my first thoughts on that. And Mr. Benitez, sir, same question. How do you feel about the experience of the new challenges that COVID has brought as far as creativity goes in the classroom? A lot of the times when we're talking about creativity in the classroom, we tend to focus on specific tools or, or software or hardware. And at, at this point, the challenge is how do we do that in an equitable way that students can benefit from by going through the process? And I think this brings a huge focus onto the, the actual creative process and not the final product that we want to create. The journey, not the destination, right? It's the process of let's, like you said, put it on the table. Let's get our brainstorming. Let's get our concepts. Let's do the things that we can do offline. And then hopefully having access like Adobe Spark, if we have the access to finalizing within a platform, whatever that platform may be. But I think now the solution is focusing on the process that we go through, create something unique and original, which a lot of the times in our, in our classes, we don't have the time to do. So that's, I think that's a little glimmer of hope that I've been holding on to lately. Mr. Benitez, are y'all uh, back in school yet? We are, yeah. Oh, yeah. We just had our third first day of school where like the all the kids came. So now there's, I think we're up to almost 60% of our students are back. Yeah. Okay, great. So uh, yeah, we've had some phases coming through in and uh, yeah, we're adjusting every couple of weeks, every nine weeks we've been adjusting. Yeah. Claudio, how about you guys? Have you guys started school back fully? Yeah, so I think we are. We, we just opened up the, the next. If you want to switch from virtual to in-person or, or vice versa, it, it's opened up and we're getting ready to start our third six weeks. So we're about the same. I think it's about 60 to 70% in-person. And it's difficult sometimes for parents to realize, I, I, I thought I wanted to be virtual, but I want, I want them in school. I can't teach my kids. So and in other, other instances, there may be some instances where, you know, hey, there's a positive uh, case here somewhere. I'm going to I'm gonna stay home. And, but yeah, we've been in session and we're, I think it's a challenge, but hey, we're, we're doing it. We're going through. I think everyone is. So, you know, we're on. Claudio, some of our teachers are struggling trying to reach learners. Specifically, some people have barriers when students are sitting in front of them. But it seems like those barriers are now magnified even greater, uh, having to go through remote learning. Do you have any advice for anybody who could reach students? 
through the remote learning process? With, with my role, and it's been challenging with this new role that I've been working on. In fact, if it, it's a great question that you bring up, and that's one of the things that I work on. And it's been challenging because we're getting this product, this platform going and making sure everyone's accounts are all set up. But once, once all that is like out of the way, I think the thing that, you know, that going from in-person to virtual, it's always been challenged. Like you've been a teacher that's always talking more than a kid. If you're doing the most of the talking, students aren't doing most of the learning. You're the one that's learning. And I think if you transition from that to virtual, it's going to be the same thing. So I think whether you're in person or virtual, I think you have to chunk it into, you have to do spike size nuggets. Like I think of my, here's my analogy and I use this for chicken nugget box. You got a 20 chicken nugget box, which is a, a whole bunch of student A over here can, can just kill that whole 20 nugget box. Like in one sitting and have issues with student B over here. Well, I can't do all that. I need these bites. I need to take one nugget at a time. And I think the challenge, you know, knowing what is that nugget that the kids need, but I think that's the key. Do the bite-sized nuggets. And then if there's a student that has, you know, I can need a little more. Those are the extensions that you can do. But I think starting off by doing those, just chunking it up into small pieces. And if you're, if you're sitting there, if you have a 45-minute class and you're talking for 45 minutes, and your, your students are like, I might as well stay home and not go in person. This is going to be the way it is. So my suggestion is chunk it little by size nuggets. Yeah, You might be one of the best teachers that I've ever seen in my whole life. I don't know if you remember the first time I met you. I try to bring this up every time I was sitting in your class and I stopped the class and I said, wait, this, this guy's the best teacher I've ever seen. You remember that, Fred? I do remember that. And I think I remember you saying, you, you didn't really, we didn't really know each other. It was our first time we were met and you, you stopped the class, like you paused everything and you said, I love the way you're teaching this right now. And I remember at that time I was like new to the world of ed tech, but I remember thinking like, that's a bold move by that guy. And like, that really shook me. But of course, if anything like that happened, it makes me feel good. But later I, I've always thought about that and thought like, I never really took the time to provide my own or look at feedback in a way that I ever felt that kind of positivity. And I'm always grateful for that. So thank you. Thank you very much. I threw that alley hoop to you because you still are one of the best. And when I think about the ease of connecting with students and connecting with teachers, I know that you're in a support role now. How can how do you support teachers to feel at ease to get the best out of students? I love Claudio's chicken nuggets analogy. I'm definitely going to steal that. You guys know I love to eat. And so I'm definitely going to try to do something with that and move that forward. When we were talking about working with teachers specifically now, I've had teachers tell me, the last thing I need right now is more PD. The last thing I need right now is something new. And I get it. I understand that. And that's probably how students are feeling as well. We, we all, I think we've all worked with teachers and students. We can see the similarities there. But the same principles apply. Being authentic, I, I pride myself on only presenting on things that I truly believe in and what that I use or would use in the classroom or have used in the classroom. And I try to stay away from like gimmicky things or just things for the sake of being new or whatever is trending right now. I, I always check, is this going to be helpful for my teachers and for the students? And are we all going to benefit in, in a way that is helping us move forward in the way that we want? What are our goals? We introduced universal design for learning. And part of that a few years ago, when we started rolling that out was let's identify the barriers up front. Boom, right away. What are the barriers? Let's get ahead of this, right? How can we overcome these barriers? What are we going to do? And I, I always try to do that with my teachers now, especially now. Let me think about this new tool that's going to be new for them. Even Zoom last March, it's going to be something brand new that we have to learn in a week. What are the obstacles here? How do we get ahead of it? And so being thoughtful on the approach 
and the rollout of these things is very important. It's something I pride myself on, and I think we do really well at Ames. And then I think that trickles down to the teachers, to the students, the way they roll out their information to the students, chunking things out, like Claudio said, 10 minutes, 15 minute sections, boom, rotational, small group. Let's identify what's, what's going on and how we can make this better. Yes. And I want to thank both of y'all because when I think about excellence and, and using education and just the universal design process, both of you guys stuff looks so good on the web. Like it's impeccable. And Claudio, yours specifically. And when I think about how can I make my stuff look good and I think about Adobe education and I know that you've worked extensively with them. If I want to take a chicken nugget or a bite of a chicken nugget to make my stuff look like yours, what of Adobe for education should I use for that? I would say, and Fred kind of mentioned it earlier, it's the Spark. Adobe Spark is just I think it's a good intro with for a design tool. You have like very high end tools built into it, but it's just so easy to use. So for those of you who are listening, there's so many products. So there's one I use a lot for photography, but also to create content is Photoshop, but it's a great tool and it's a super intensive. It's, it's high powered. And, but it's, if I want to do something quick and get it out, Adobe Spark, the, all the stuff that you see on my social media that I post, it, I would say 90% is spark post because I can take a picture on my phone and that's so if you have a device you have ability to have even a Chromebook because you can do this on a Chromebook it's cross-platform you can grab a picture really quick put it together and add some of your text and they have animations now on the web too which is super that's like I love creating these animated texts something about video even though it's like a short like five second or even 15 second because you can add like your own little message and then add some text above it. Video just as people tend to just watch video more than just a static image. So I've been seeing that playing with video and static and I tend to just like, hey, I'm going to throw some more video on it. But for a small nugget, try Adobe Spark Post. That's just, you can create some super amazing high-end looking professional. Oh man, who did you hire to, to do that? No, I just used this little app on my phone, pull it open. They have some templates there. I can pull it in. So if you're like, I'm not sure I don't have a design background, just there's some templates in there and then just swap out your pictures, your text. And slowly as you build, you build your, your confidence in using it, then you can start getting a little more creative and using your own tools and you can brand your color. So one of the things I love about it too, is students can definitely get on there too and grow their own brand, their identity and make their own content. Put like a stamp on the, hey, this is like me. This is my story. I'm sharing it. And that's the nugget right there. Spark post the branding and one of the masters of branding is my main man Fred I'm telling you like if Fred wasn't married I'd probably stalk him but I know he's married happily married and I'm happily married too so Fred that's a joke but anyway Fred you are a master at branding what would you use or what would you recommend for teachers to get a chicken nugget bite of to start incorporating in the classroom I taught graphic design and illustration for eight years and so my students, we were using Adobe Photoshop, Adobe Illustrator, Adobe InDesign. And I remember other teachers at that time asking me, like, how can I use those programs in my classroom? And I remember thinking, like, you got to take my class or you got to, we have to learn the program first. It's not an easy thing to, to learn. The Claudio was talking about using Photoshop for his photography. It's intensive, right? That takes time. That takes a skill by itself. And then applying it into the core content curriculum, that's hard. That isn't easy. We're, there, we're still working on that now. But when they released Adobe Spark, I think everything changed. 
Adobe Spark is the easy onboarding for every class. And I would even say every grade level. I've seen first graders using Adobe Spark. First graders creating Adobe Spark videos with their their pictures, high quality content, where I think a lot of the focus is like going back to what we were talking about earlier with that creative process. What, what is our goal for this project? What are we trying to include? What kind of theme do we want to provide? And then at the end, once you have all of your resources, all of your all of your content, put it in Adobe Spark, package it nice and neat, and does a lot of the work for you. Where I think that kind of lends itself to have the student at some point say, okay, like I've maxed this out. What do I do next? Now we're talking about Adobe Illustrator. Photoshop and design, which is perfect. I love it. I personally still use Adobe Illustrator on the daily. I'm creating stuff all the time. I design onesies for my son, screen print posters. I use Illustrator all the time. And I, if you want to learn Illustrator, I love to teach you. I love to teach that. Yes. And I, I, I want to take your class again because I never, I stopped paying attention when you was talking and start trying to be like you. I'm sorry. That's a side joke. So what I need to just share is like when Fred was like the person who I was in awe of his creative ability on my team, we had a, a team of amazing. Fred was the one who was pretty much, when Fred would create something, it was just immaculate. And I just always tried to copy that immaculateness. And Claudio, let me just go ahead and just jump in your boat too. When I look on the web and I see what you do, like your camera, you have like your YouTube thing. Like, how do you get your background so amazing? It's your movie director, dude. I'm like, God, I'm asleep. <laughs> oh man, it's it's one of those things. That it, it took time. It took. I talked about ten seven. It started off slow. I, it was. I started off with shop lights, man. That's where I started. I had extra garage with the fluorescent shop lights. I, had, I went Home Depot and bought two of them, and those were like the ones I used for a good year. Just set it up behind me, and then over time, I was like, just had opportunities. Opportunities were presented in front of me. Fred talked about it. You know, I never share anything that I don't like use or test out and believe in. So over time, like I've had people reach out to me through the stuff I created on YouTube. It's like, hey, we have this product. Can you review it? Check it out. Sure. I'm going to be honest about it. If it's, if it's not good, I'm going to tell you it's not good. And for the most part, everything has been like, hey, this is, you know, maybe at first I was like, oh, I like this because I don't have one. After playing with it, I've been able to add a slowly like colors in the background. And one of the things that for me was I just love to learn new things. I just love to try new things. And I think that's one of the reasons why I've been able to get to where and I still like learning a lot. But I think it's one of the, I don't know what it is. I don't know where I got this from. It's from my parents or just as a kid. I just love to to read to learn like things. And I want to learn how why this works this way. And so and I was like, hey, how do I make it look blue behind? So, okay, so I've learned how to do blue behind, how to get the lights to look this way. And I think that's one of the things that if I can share with anyone that's like trying something new or wanting to, even if it's do-it-yourself stuff, it's just like there's so much it's like encyclopedia online, just yeah. Google it and it, you can really teach yourself a whole lot and, and never stop learning. That's basically what it boils down to is just, I just love to learn and try new things. And I've been blessed that, that like I say, opportunities have come up and people say, I want to do, I want to be like you. Man, you don't want to be like me. Be like you just you borrow, steal, like ideas, of course, but you, you, everyone's got, I, I tell people, you all have a story to tell in just different ways. And, oh, I can help you tell your story. That's basically, you know, like, I'll help you tell your story. So that's kind of, that's where my focus is on the YouTube is like helping others show, tell the stories and, and helping them learn ways to do it. And so I appreciate it, man, for, for the comment, man. It's, it's fun. I enjoy it. Hey, man, I like to give accolades where accolades do. It's one thing that I like to pride myself on is I'm good at about two or three things. Number one, I'm a coach. I can recognize talent. Number two, I can recognize food. So I'm just telling you right now, when I see talent, baby, I know it when I see it. And I, I think something else that you guys are really pulling out that I would really like to see across the educational system 
system in America is that our teachers being released from that cookie cutter curriculum. I really got to do this because there's a whole group of students who need more stimulation. I feel than they, than we gotten when we were growing up. And so this hungry group of students who come with their minds already ready, it seems like sometimes we're losing them really early. And I just want to know what you think about that, Fred. Is, this, is that me or are you saying the same thing? No, I think it just boils down to high stakes testing that ends up being college admissions and those kinds of things or the higher you go up to the high school, you're just focusing on grades. But I think I do think the issue starts earlier than high school. I do think it's fourth, fifth grade, middle school where we're losing a lot of kids. Where I really think middle school should be the part of where we have the most fun projects and we're doing the coolest thing. Seventh grade science should be the best that anybody ever did, I think. And a lot of that probably comes down to are we following the curriculum? Are we especially right now in this time? Are we trying to do the same thing we've always done? Because that's not going to work this right. year. I haven't figured it out yet. That's not going to work. Lecturing for 45 minutes with the most compliant students, even that's not working anymore. Okay. We got to start thinking about giving students some choice, giving them a voice, breaking things down into smaller chunks, consumable chicken nuggets, providing little extra dipping sauces around where they're going to use, right? What are those tools? They'll be spark, they'll be rush. I think it's, um, listening to Claudio, man, I, I can just tell that he's organically okay with trying something new, like right away. He's curious. He's a curious guy who wants to learn something new to do something cool. I think everybody has that in there. Providing that opportunity to open that up is something that we lose sight of pretty quickly in education. I had one class that provided that and that, that redirected my entire life to what I'm doing now. Like after I did that and I experienced that. I immediately was like, I want to do that for other people. And that's why we got into education from that one class. So I'm hoping some of the things that we're doing, opening up those windows for, for more kids. Excellent. I could talk to you guys all night simply because you walk your talk. And if anybody wants to just show and prove what you do, they can just look on your social media channels. Claudio, we're winding down. Where can our guests find you at? So you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. If you go Claudio Zavala Jr., you can find me at those four. And then my website is IamClaudius.com, like Claudius Caesar. Interesting story. I had a bunch of nicknames growing up, so I picked that one just because it sounded very regal and very loyal. And then on YouTube, it's YouTube forward slash or YouTube.com forward slash I am audience as well there. So you can find me at all those places. Excellent. Excellent. Fred, what about you? Where can I guess find you at? Probably the easiest way would be through Twitter at Fred Benitez. That's probably the, the, the most convenient way. I am also on LinkedIn. My Instagram is strictly pictures of food and my son. So if you're interested in that, go ahead and follow me there at Fred Benitez. Yeah, I, I used to have a website for my graphic design work, but I, I've taken that down because I'm not really doing work for other people anymore. I'm just doing stuff that I want to make and trying to get away from that. So I've taken that one down. We won't see that anymore. Oh, man. Yeah. Can I can I mention the sad food or do I have to cut it out? Oh, you can mention that. That's cool. Claudio, Fred is a foodie. And when we were oh, yeah. in... Yeah, so Fred, you know that he's a foodie. So Fred was like, hey, man, I got this idea for some stuff that I'll just do on this. On the side. I've been doing it for years and I think you did it for your nephew. First, Fred. Mm. And so Fred had these these food characters. It's just food. And they had a sad face. But it was so cool. I was like, Fred, you ought to make stickers of that. It was called Sad Food. And it was like a banana with a sad face. But it, it was all done and illustrated. It was so cool. You really have to see it to believe it. I'm still waiting on that sticker pack when I opened up my iPhone. <laughs> I know Fred's the guy for, for the food the recommendations when I go to Austin. So it never, it never 
disappoint. So if you want to eat well, I never forget the hamburger from uh, uh, Casino Camino. He got hey, he has he got some talent. I got to give it to him. Hey, thank you guys for uh, a smooth interview and just a, a good time with you guys. And hope to see you around. And just thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you so much. With so much content wheezing around out there, there's only one storytelling platform that helps you keep calm and stay informed and inspired. Flipboard. Flipboard curates the world's stories so you can be smarter in your work, life, and play. Choose from thousands of topics to personalize Flipboard and get the best stories from the best publishers and experts delivered to you 24-7. Get started now at Flipboard.com. Flipboard is a great way to collect articles for classes, show off your school and school spirit, and share expertise with peers. Flipboard fam, thanks for kicking it with me on this episode. I want to thank Claudio Zavala Jr. and Fred Benitez for taking time to talk with us today about teacher creativity and our new term, chicken nugget or bite-sized opportunities to incorporate creativity with students and teachers. I want to give a huge shout out to Aileen Ledlor and Crystal Vanderboom for the editorials on the Flipboard EDU Educators blog. Also, a special shout out to Stacey Boudry and Dr. Michael Milstead. I also want to wish Stacey Boudry a happy birthday today. Educators, remember to subscribe to our Flipboard EDU magazine on Flipboard.com. Also, please subscribe and share our podcast with an educator or colleague. Our podcast is available globally and everywhere you listen to podcasts. So until next time, family. <laughs>